Hello, on today's episode I'm joined by the brilliantly interesting Orson Boone. I've waited a while for this one. It comes from personal reasons of wanting to speak to him about plant medicine and that's exactly what we do. We talk about the power of plant medicine and exploring our consciousness and everything that means. We'll be covering some insights on being triggered as a newborn parent to twins, exploring the self and identifying our belief systems and changing our responses to them, out both of our personal experiences on ayahuasca and leaving the behind the feeling of being deservant. We talk all things plant medicine, but of course we can only just touch the surface with it. Anyway, I hope you enjoy it. It's an interesting one. Let me know your thoughts. Hey, you are listening to Another Way of Living a podcast where you will hear solo life coaching sessions from myself, as well as conversations with some extraordinary individuals, which will bring that curious little child back to life. From life's biggest lessons to tales of adventures near and far, we will cover all things light and dark whilst finding our way back to ourselves. Join me on this journey of finding how to live in alignment of your full human capacity. I am Kelly Jones, a life coach and your host of Another Way of Living. Hello, hello. Uh, hello, champ. How are you doing? Very well indeed. Very well indeed. Wonderful. And, uh, thank I... you for uh, thank you for today. Ah, thank you very much. Daddy of twins, I feel like I've gone through a phase of, say, like newborn parents. And so I appreciate any flexibility that has to take place here. So, and how old are they now? How? They are 21 months. So, oh, wow. Yeah, so okay. they're, 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 they're two in June, uh, which is their sort of big, big milestone. Yeah, yeah. Made um, it. Yeah, yeah. Made, made it through the first two years of being a twin parent. Well, yeah, the two people always say, oh, yeah, two for one. And... The parents look at you like, no, that's not how it works. <laughs> no, it, it, although I think like we've come, we've come to realize that actually having twins is an awesome gift, mm. you know, because, you know, if you're someone who wants to have more than one child, you're kind of getting it all out and done with. And we've got mm-hmm. a boy and a girl, so we've got one of each. Mm-hmm. So we're super, super lucky. So we kind of like can draw the line like done. <laughs> yeah. whereas, whereas I've got other friends and family who are now sort of having their second kid and they've got mm. one who's like three, four years old. And that's definitely a little bit more challenging because you've got two kids at different developmental stages. And at least so with our two, they're, they're, they're the same, although they fight and squabble and they're very different kids, obviously being a boy and a girl. Mm-hmm. Um, but yeah, no, it's a beautiful gift. The universe was looking over you on its delivery. <laughs> yeah, I think I think so. I think so, because, you know, I wasn't sure, you know, there's a period I wasn't sure if that was ever going to be something that I obtained, becoming a dad. Mm. Uh, just due to various sort of personal issues and I kind of sort of got myself to a point where I was just like almost accepting oh maybe this isn't going to happen and you know I'm okay with that you know you can't miss what you don't have (laughs) and then and then within like nine months yeah family of four um so yeah it was a big it was it's been a big sort of baptism of a fire really Mm -hmm. but wonderful wonderful. I can't I I can't say how beautiful and wonderful it's been but also Mm. hugely triggering massively testing and show me a lot of areas where I still need to do a lot of work so Mm. that's also amazing yeah so gorgeous because it's something obviously we can do all of our delving as we'll speak about a bit today but parenthood I'm not yet a parent would love to be a parent in the future and yeah the triggers are unbeknown to you I imagine because you cannot get them in any realm apart from 
being said parent I imagine yeah and and that's kind of that's kind of where I found myself because you know I'd I'd addressed a lot of personal issues over the last few years and arrogantly I kind of found myself I got myself to this space where I was just like hey I've obtained this sort of this sort of like this oneness this this flow state everything is fine I'm not I'm not triggered I don't have any anxiety I'm not having any depression or any sort of negative sort of feelings yeah I've got my shit together and then you become a parent and you're like oh okay there's a plethora of triggers and stuff which just keeps coming out and that's the beautiful thing and I've really enjoyed that you know and I've had to remind myself even when I'm totally activated this is a gift if your son is driving you nuts and you're considering selling him on eBay, then <laughs> then there's a reason behind that. And actually, let's just look at that mm. and 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 just go, what is going on? Like, mm. What is what is, what is going on? Why why are you behaving like this? So it's mm. been a, it's been a, it's it's actually allowed me to take my personal level of work to a whole new level because it's it's forced me into a, into a, a different zone, mm. a different dimension. You know where you are extraordinarily tired you know there there is you know we've had no support you know we live in london by ourselves we've got no parents you know close by so it, it's just my wife and i you know 24 mm. 7 365 um but you know you, you learn you learn a huge amount from it and you know children are wonderful mirrors you know mm. they just they, they just mirror back to you and and actually i think you know i've been able to do just as much work if not more work since becoming a parent than what i did beforehand so Oh, wow. And how do you mean by that? Kind of what? In what way? Just in the way of, you know, before I think, you know, a lot of people kind of got to know me when I came onto the sort of like the social media scene, when I started talking about addressing my alcohol issues and, and drug addictions. Mm. And that was all down to mass anxiety, lack of confidence, depression, and, and all of that. And, you know, the best way to describe it is that I had this sort of like constant assault going on in my head literally from the moment I woke up to the moment I usually passed out in the evening just lots of self-doubt lots of self-criticism zero confidence all of this sort of stuff and a lot of people sort of sort of say now I find that really hard to even believe because of you know who you are and the way you sort of carry yourself now but I was riddled like riddled with with anxiety fear and just huge lacks of self-confidence ever since I was a child okay. I almost feel like I came into this world with this huge sense of worry and concern and that just exacerbated you know in my teenage years you know when I started to find alcohol soft drugs harder drugs prescription drugs anything which would try to switch off that noise and that was what I was trying to do I was never really interested in getting drunk or anything like that it was just switch off the noise because it's just this 24 7 beating and um you know, that's what sort of took me down my sort of route into plant medicines and, and really sort of looking at myself because I come from a background where I spent 20 years working as a behavioral consultant, assisting people and helping people um, with lots of sort of physical and emotional issues. Mm -hmm. And but I wasn't ever dealing with my own. And my ego was creating a narrative as well. I'm fine. Look, see, look, you can help other people. You're helping others. You know, you're fine. Just, just, mm -hmm. you've got your coping strategies. Just, just, just carry on. You're functional. You get up, you go to work every day. Mm. And this was the narrative for, for a very long time. You're fine. It's everyone else. 
and I created an amazing range of coping strategies. Um, and what do they look like? Well, it was delusion. Delusion was a great way of, of, of creating a strategy to sort of pretend that none of this was was going on. So delusion, and that was that was aided massively by alcohol and drugs. Mm-hmm. You know, so it was just a delusion and avoidance, mm-hmm. procrastination, <laughs> classic. Mm-hmm. Um, but I was still able to be high functioning. I still never missed a day's work. I would still yeah. go in every single day and 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 function. But it was a, it was a real challenge. It was a real, real challenge. And, and that then... space, though, that functioning, because I think that is one of the hardest places to be in, because it's not almost saying, <clears throat> God, I can't even bloody get a job. I can't even work. That's how sh- like shitty things have got. That's how bad things have got, because it's that highly functioning. So... That's where you can all, it's so difficult, I think, to step out of that place because you're thinking, well, what else do I need to do? What else do I need to prove? I'm getting by. Possibly part of me likes this other side and it, yeah. but it, we are delve into that more. But so getting out of that, what was that turning point then of living a high functioning life, doing, getting high or drinking or whatnot? Where did that change? I'll, t- I'll tell you where it changed and it was uh it was a it was a phenomenal moment in my life so my wife and I um have been together for about coming up I guess nearly 13 years married for probably half of that mm-hmm. and I think what what really sort of woke me up was when I sort of say that I was I'd created this wonderful illusion and it was I created this a wonderful illusion I'm an amazing storyteller. So I created this wonderful illusion, which created this amazing disillusion. And so I was completely blind to how I was. And I was completely unpresent. Um, I just wasn't there. I wasn't there for anyone else outside of my work. I was just very focused on work. And the, the narrative was, I'm fine because I'm helping people. And as long as I'm helping people, then I'm fine, right? It doesn't mm. matter if I go home and drink two bottles of wine every night and smoke weed and take codeine and whatever you know all the rest of the destructive behavior it doesn't matter because i'm helping people and then i remember one day my wife came home and actually i've never spoken about this my wife came home and as far as i was concerned you know i recognized that our marriage wasn't perfect you know whose marriage really is but you know i thought everything was fine you know ticking on you know areas of improvement sure but i thought everything's fine my wife came home one day and just sideswiped me, literally sideswiped me. And I remember it so clearly. She said, um, I think we should get a divorce. And I was just like, what? Like, where the, is, where the hell has this come from? Like, what's going on? You know, we just spent, you know, a couple of months ago, like three three weeks in, in Crete, having an amazing holiday, you know, great times, you know, and all of this. And she's like, I love you. I love you so much. Like, I really do love you. She said, but you're not here you're not here for me you're not present you're not particularly loving and I feel invisible Mm. and I was just like oh shit really like whoa really like are you joking like I I see you all the time I'm just Mm. battling the biggest mistake I made was that I'd never really explained to my wife just how much I struggled and I didn't really explain it to her because I was worried that by showing that vulnerability, that sign of what I perceived to be a weakness, then she would leave. <laughs> but obviously, you know, by not showing that and just living it and trying to cover it up, she left anyway. So she did. 
she did she 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 left about four weeks later mm-hmm. got a got her a new place just up the road and she's just like I love you I do love you but you're not here and I'm not happy mm-hmm. and she she left the family house on the 17th of October I remember it so well because yeah. uh, the same day I flew off to go to one of our retreats and I wasn't going to go on the retreat because at the time I was just like, I, I'm not in the mental space. I don't, I don't have the finances to, to go and do this right now, you know, especially with my marriage falling down. I need to yeah. like, sort, you know, focus on some things. And one of my partners was just like, look, you know, I think this is really important for you. So just sort out your flight. We'll cover the rest. And I barely made it through airport security. I was in such a state, like literally so emotional, just crying. I sat in a bar and drank like two bottles of red wine. And I wasn't even sure I was going to be able to get on the plane. And But I knew deep inside of me that if I didn't address what was really going on, if I really didn't have a very serious conversation with myself, that everything that I really did care for, even if my wife and I didn't really display it, I really did love her. I adored her. She was my rock. I couldn't, I simply couldn't imagine life without her. So I found myself in a situation where I was like, whoa, terrifying the idea of giving up alcohol. And it was, I had many conversations like, how, 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 how am I going to do this? This has been my best friend. This has been my savior for years. Hmm. And anyway, long story short, I spent 10 days on this phenomenal retreat that, you know, I sort of co-host with the team and for the first time I threw myself into it because I figured that I had absolutely nothing to lose. And I think that for me was the amazing mental space to be in this mm-hmm. complete vulnerability where I actually, I didn't care. Even if I died, I like a genuine, I didn't care as, as, as that pit where I was just like, I've already lost, I've lost mm-hmm. everything. And I don't think I can go any lower. So let's just go and really surrender into this experience. Like I always tell clients and let's just see what happens because you got nothing to lose. Mm. And I did that. I, I I fully embraced all of my vulnerability, all of my darkness, all of my darkness, of which there was plenty. And I had just the most phenomenal experience. The last, the last ayahuasca ceremony, my everything in my life was just shown to me in this beautifully, horrifically painful sequence. Mm. And I was shown at very high speed, and it's very difficult to explain, but very, very high speed every single time I'd ever caused any sort of pain or discomfort to anyone that I'd loved throughout my entire sort of 37 years of being mm-hmm. alive, right? Brutal, brutal. And at the end of it, I I, I had this, this, I know it sounds really crazy, but I had this being in front of me, mm. and it was explained that you're at this fork. You're at this fork in your life, Orson. And it doesn't matter which way you go. It doesn't matter. It's your choice. However, if you go to the left, you know what's going to happen. If you go to the right, it's completely unknown. Huh. I, I just knew I had to, well, I just knew I could go down the predictable familiar, which uh-huh. is just carry on how you're always living, just drinking and drugs and just lying to yourself and lying to everyone else. Or you could just dive deep into this, complete unknown and who knows what will come of it but we know if we go down this path that's definitely going to happen and it was the most terrifying point and terrifying energetic experience I'd ever had but I just knew I just knew I had to just just fall into this 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 cavernous unknown which I did I made that conscious choice right let's just go to that unknown 
And I don't really remember too much more after that decision was made because it just kind of just blew off into this very strange experience. But I remember coming to the next day and I was asleep in this bed um, and I woke up and for the first time in living memory, there was nothing going on in my head. And I thought I'd broken myself. I thought I was broken. Like literally it was just like, whoa, deadly silence. I could like, I could sense like the insects and the birds and the heartbeats of other people in the building. I was just like completely freaked out. I ran to the the forest, which is down by the, by the ocean. And I was just overtaken by this cacophony of just sound and visuals. And I realized for the first time in my life, I was actually in the present moment of Mm. being here in the right now. And because I was in the present moment, I was aware of what was going around. And I hadn't experienced that since I was probably a very young child. And that that emptiness, that that clear space is, has remained for the four and a half years since. Um, and, and that has obviously led me down this whole new journey, um, you know, because after that experience, which was so fundamentally powerful, because of my highly addictive nature, I then went very, very deep into exploring, expanding my consciousness and again, trying to break it to see how far can I can I go? Um, that's the that's the risk part of me. I'm a big mm-hmm. risk taker. I don't see danger in the same way like others do. Mm-hmm. And during that exploration, I just kept going deeper and deeper into who I was or what I thought I was and just realizing that I was a collection of programs. A lot of old programming, a lot of programming which was completely out of date, a lot of programming that actually was projected onto me as a mm-hmm. child from other people. So I was able to systematically go through and to delete, to change those those programs, those belief systems, those structures. And by doing so, you realize that your responses then to the external alter and change. And then when you respond differently as opposed to just react from that ego human mind space, then you realize, and it's a strange thing, that you have a huge amount of power over your personal subjective reality. And that was a very, very powerful point for me because it was like, again, it really tied into that that highly addictive personality of me, like, oh, hold on. Life isn't happening to me. Life is actually happening for me. Oh, okay. Mm. So if I change the way I think and feel about this situation, I'm going to have a very different direct experience from when I enter that situation. Mm. Oh, this is a bit like a computer game. And then I've spent from that sort of realization, I've spent even more time really diving deep into the nature of reality. Mm. What is it? Not, I'm not claiming that I've got any answers, by the way. Um, and, and that's just sort of expanded into just this wonderful, this wonderful journey, um, Mm. which has then led me to expand my personal work with, with clients and, you know, other, other aspects of my life, which have just 360, Mm. um, which has been wonderful. Mm. Firstly, what I'm going to say beautiful story, because it is a beautiful story, because Mm. I think any awakening, I was only speaking to someone yesterday, and I think we awaken when we need to awaken something will whatever that be. Quite often an external thing happens a health thing, a partner saying that's it. Whatever it be, 
we've always got to be thankful for that. We can't live in a guilt of, because I know so many people think, oh, why didn't I wake up before? And that's just such wasted energy just sitting in that. Um, and I would say a bit touching upon, so when you almost, uh, I use the terminology of almost say emptying the void out. So now we're in this present state. I feel some people get this then fear because then it's shit, it's all empty. Now what do I fill it with? And sometimes when I think there's been say an addictive personality, that's where, but it's being, I guess, you get to be so intentional and selective with that. So then you get to choose, as you just said, it's not happening to you. Other people aren't filling up my paradigm or my whatever. You're getting to select that. And how, I guess, how is that best done? Is it, be I guess, just being within the present is then when you get to hand pick these things going back in and I think there's sometimes a fear I know of the people I speak to. Well, well, if it's empty, things creeping back in. But obviously, that's the older version of yourself as such. Yeah, it's great. It's a great point. I think, again, from my from my personal subjective experience, and I'm very careful not to project my personal experiences onto the other eight billion people because I'm aware <laughs> that our personal subjective realities are very different because we are the creator of our personal subjective reality. And I get told off by people online by, oh, Orson, you talk in absolutes. And and, and I find that really triggering. And, I, and I'm like, OK, yeah, I get, I, I get that I can speak in absolutes and that's not that's not fair. And it's maybe slightly foolish. Um, but for me the the real the real magic was because i was i think i was very lucky uh and I, i've spent a lot of time thinking this because a lot of people ask me this question it's like how did you do that how did you literally go from hugely addictive behavior one week to coming back to the uk where my whole life my whole everything was turned upside down mm -hmm. so theoretically i was coming into a very hostile new environment where i was would have dived straight into my my coping strategies, drink mm. and drugs. And I came back to London where my wife wasn't at home. So I was living at home by myself, which is totally new, very difficult. And, you know, I, I, I purposely left all the alcohol in the house. So it was there every single day, staring me wow. in the face. I didn't clean it out. Cause I was like, I'm not going to do this. I, I, I need to, if I'm going to do this, I'm strong enough to do this regardless. And for me, I think the 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 introduction of the psychedelics, the, in this case, the ayahuasca, because it moves you from that neural default network, which is your very rigid mind, which we're in now, day-to-day -day thought processes and belief systems. Because we know this moves your, your brain into this uh, neuro, uh, sorry, this sort of neuro sort of flexibility, this sort of plasticity. It means that you can relearn, reprogram very, very fast. And then as the as the substances wear off, your brain then switches back into this neural default network. So you take the new stuff you've learned and it slots in. Mm -hmm. So I was very fortunate. I don't think many people would realistically just go, I've stopped, done. Mm -hmm. And that's what it was. And and, and lots of people just go, like, seriously? Like 20 years, you know, like you're drinking like 10 liters of vodka a month, like, like and addicted to opiates mm -hmm. done literally just done and the difference was is that during the ayahuasca 
I got myself to a position where I no longer even identified as a drinker. I, wow. I use the term alcoholic, mm-hmm. ex-alcoholic, just for reference points, because that's what people can understand. Mm-hmm. I do not see myself as an ex-alcoholic. That part of me, it, 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 it's like it's a different person. And that's the thing with addiction is that most of the time people will still go, I'm an ex-smoker. Well, you still identify as a smoker, then I, I'm ex, I'm ex, I'm ex. No, you it's need to so get yourself true. to a point so where true. you don't identify as that any longer. Because as long as you identify, I'm an ex this, you're still invested. Mm. You've still got a chunk of your energy, your intention, which is hugely powerful, mm-hmm. invested in, I'm trying really hard not to be that. Mm. Instead of for me getting yourself to that point was I no longer identify as that in any shape or form. And I can sit here now and go, after all the stress points I've been through the last four years, I've never once broken and gone back to alcohol. Wow. Well, ever. Like, that's incredible. I think just what you just said, though, is, yeah, I think something just awoken up within me because I, I get it when we say we're X this, but I don't think as clear cut as that. There's still an identity to that being a part of your being and therefore it's almost something we need to apologize for be like oh that was my choices then and we need to hold on to that and with even just saying that out loud I could feel sensations of like blame or all of these feelings of like shame that that was me and I still have to take on something that I did in the past and but you don't <laughs> like that's the very thing you don't and as you identify as that that's obviously slowing down whatever this is you can't be in your whole being is this new present person who absolutely is not a drinker because yeah. a part of you oh I used to be all right this was me so you're still 20% a drinker kind of thing in my head that's what I'm hearing if you're saying you used to identify as it yeah exactly and yeah. and but but also more importantly as as energetic beings you're investing that energy into this system and, and actually, for me, a lot of a lot of a lot of the work I've done is actually reclaiming the power I've been investing in all these different mm-hmm. things, which are all nonsense and pulling it back. So then I have surplus power, which I can then start focusing on the key areas I want to change. Mm-hmm. And this is the thing which which most people don't don't even understand. And it's not that it's their fault. It's just the way I think society and the systems being geared up is that we're heavily distracted. We're heavily distracted 24-7 and it takes our energy. And this is why we're all, you know, we're, we're all so stressed out. We don't eat properly. We don't sleep properly. We don't exercise properly. We generally don't look after ourselves. The last two, three years of COVID genuinely showed the sort of the overall health of the collective mm. is pretty bloody poor. Mm-hmm. Um, you know, we live in highly stressful situations and, you know, it's it, it, it's very difficult. We live in hostile environments, I would argue. And, you know, but this is why I feel it, it is so important. And what I talk about is just about becoming a conscious being, mm. because the majority of your existence, what you're experiencing, you're missing about 98 percent of your day to day reality is subconscious. So you're only aware of two percent. Now, if I was only aware of two percent of the company that I work for, the company's going to go bust. <laughs> It's not going to work. So then we kind of expect ourselves to be functioning super, super well with only very limited amount of data on a conscious level. The real skill and what I've really learned is to practice expanding your awareness. So you become much more aware of more information. And when you're aware of more information, you can make better informed decisions and choices. That's the issue. Once you become and practice becoming more mindful and more present, 
then you can start to choose how you respond as opposed to just an ego reaction. And this is another big alpha point in, in life is that once you can start to consciously choose how you're going to react or respond to any given situation, you are in control. Mm. Because if you're coming from a reaction, an ego point, someone else is in control. Something external to you is controlling how you feel. And for me as a sort of, uh, as, as, as someone who wants to be, who wants to have dominion over himself, I find that quite terrifying that, there's there could be triggers inside me that people could manipulate and thus control how I feel or respond or react in a given situation. Mm-hmm. So for, again, for me, and this is why I love my meditation and my breath work, it's about really focusing on being in the present moment because that's all we can control. I learned a long time ago that the past no longer exists. It exists in memory and imagination only. Mm-hmm. And with the greatest respect to our memory and imagination, it is heavily skewed. Mm. <laughs> the shit I'm remembering from 30 years ago, oh, this is why I am the way I am, because this trauma point 30 years ago, I can tell you right now, and I know it's upsetting for many people, that has been heavily edited over that 30 mm. years. And you'll be making that story far worse than what it was because you're using it as a justification as to why you are the way you are right now, which mm. is nonsense because you'll never be able to grow in the present moment because you're still heavily invested energetically in the past which doesn't exist mm. and i think this is why so many people find themselves so frustrated and i get this with a lot of clients who you know they're sort of got to my sort of age early 40s they've done well they've ticked the boxes they've ticked all those boxes left like if you tick these boxes you are going to make it at life and so regularly i have these 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 clients you know men and women who come and go on paper, I have ticked everything. I've got everything my heart could possibly desire. Why do I feel so empty? Because you're so detached. We've, we, we've completely forgotten that we are spiritual beings having a very temporary human experience and not the other way around. And this was another big wake-up call for me. It was recognizing that I am indeed this mm-hmm. spiritual being. I am not this physical vessel. This is just a temporary avatar that I've, I have fun to play with. and the stories in my head aren't actually mine Uh, it's the human mind it's the ego creating this story this narrative and i'm the observer i'm the consciousness observing these stories and thoughts in my head and if i'm quick enough i can choose how to react and respond to them or uh, just ignore them going sorry mate it's not valid i'm not interested in your concern or worry about this because it's 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 you're, you're you're triggered by something which is in the past which no longer exists yeah there's so and many no value. yeah so many elements to that i think such a classic of where you're saying there is and even within my work is the coaching there are so i would say the mass amount come in their 40s and they come the majority still come almost thinking that there's another goal they need to get they just haven't figured out what that goal is they're like so I've done these things, but there's still something, you know, it's still, it, I should feel happy, but I'm not. When they first come along, it's like they want me to say, oh, well, if you just go off and complete this goal and they're like, okay, yep, yeah, I'll do that one too. And then obviously we kind of turn that around and look inside and yeah, it's the piece. I would say my biggest transformations have been, have been kind of going down the route, the road or whatever of finding that piece. And that has been the penny drop moment where it's been a presentness whether it's more intentional living and living in the present and all of this, 
but it is the internal peace and never in their minds did they think oh that's what I'm looking for a peace they thought it was just another external thing that needed to be captured and then that was going to make them feel all these sensations of joy and things and I do think there's a lot to be said for wonder and sensations of wonder in that and I I think that's a real thing that we need to have in our lives um but wonder I believe can only come with the presentness and the consciousness and things like that um yeah Oh, so many elements I would love to go back a little bit to so plant medicine itself so for listeners for people who don't know so I have I have a minimal amount of experience I went to Ecuador and I, I kind of with a bit of a smile on my face when you were saying about the darkest elements and not in a like sadistic way just because I had a similar experience of like I had an absolute ass whooping like I've never I thought I had experienced the dark in life and there's another nothing quite like the dark of ayahuasca and it showed me every element of dark I could ever imagine and until this far in my life I'm 34 I've never had a night like it was on my second or third second night I think it was first night it gave me a little taster it was like oh hey I'm Aya ayahuasca like pleased to meet you um just have a nice enjoyable evening and left me again second night in a row it yeah the whole thing it just had a it just from the get-go was a dark experience which it had to be for everything that it kind of showed me and lighted me into but everything was sped up how I was when I was experiencing it was I was terrified I'm not gonna lie the whole thing I was scared and fighting against something it felt like fighting battle for such a period of time and then I remember a phase in it where I was just begging I was like I give up I give up I give up over to you like what do you want what more do you want and how to explain it going to the end because I found the end the most powerful point it was something that came after it was that I had gone through all of that there was then this experience with this forest afterwards, which in normal Kelly, like, you know, it's dark. I'm in random Andes in Ecuador. I would have been fearful walking through. I would have been a sense of fear walking through. And something since that night removed fear from me. Don't get me wrong. If I'm on the edge of a mountain, I've got sensible risk factor fear. But something left me, which was just this safety in myself, in making decisions a safety in me not oh this is a scary forest and it's dark I've no longer felt the fear since that night I feel okay in those presents because I have enough understanding like I have enough confidence in myself and I had left the fear but what really resonated was when you said about the silence the next day so I woke up the next day don't get me wrong it's like the biggest emotional hangover of your life I had I was just drained in every capacity but the silence and the only way to explain it was I clearly had been living in such a, I'll get the terminology all wrong, but my eye ego had clearly been so freaking loud for so many years that made me more important for some reason. And I didn't think I was that person. I thought in for myself, I was, I was the first person to put others up around me. It was, I believed I was living a life that empowered and put others on pedestals, but somewhere I had clearly been all about myself and my emotions, but I hadn't realized that till the silence came the next day. And it just was a lesser. I felt more in tune to other people's emotions, but in a different way that I hadn't quite got before. And everything, as you said, was just louder around me, but not in a bad way, in a real just, wow, it's not just about me here. And yeah it really shifted the view shifted if that makes sense at all 
Um, mm. Oh, perfect sense. Yeah. Yeah, that was, and that was my one experience. So that was, and I, uh, yeah, I absolutely is something I want to definitely, definitely, because I feel I had an experience and I want to explore more with that basically. Yeah, I, I was, I was exactly the same. And when I, when I came back to London, um the first time after that huge 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 rebirth I think was mm. a great way to describe it and I recognized that massive aspects of myself had died uh which needed to die old belief systems mm. when we talk about death and I, I did exactly the same when I got back to London I was just like I I have I have got to get back to that space because mm. I uh, just finding yourself in that that complete clarity was was just stunning and you know so i you know of course having the addictive personality i i went very very deep into dmt mm-hmm. uh, i managed to get a supply of dmt mm-hmm. and uh i was then using it mul- multiple times a day mm-hmm. you know five six times a day deep diving seven days a week trying to break myself just trying to push through as much as far as possible because i was just i've got to try it's ego again i've mm-hmm. got to try and understand this and um that was just another layer of of development where you know i'd do uh mushroom ceremonies just on myself because obviously i had the house to myself i didn't work for like nine months after mm-hmm. my first thing so i couldn't I, I i was so discombobulated i actually sought a external i found another a therapist to assist me to help ground me and take me through and she was she was a lifesaver quite literally mm-hmm. because i was very discombobulated i i was i was struggled with experiencing time Mm. Every day felt like three days for me. Uh, very, very difficult. Uh, I was all over the place. Mm. Um, and it took it took nine months to to, to ground myself down um, and to, to just to get used to living with just no noise. But at the same time, I was experiencing huge energy bursts um, and getting lots of additional information, which was very confusing. Mm. Um, and then, you know, this also all grows out. You start going oh, you know, I remember at another um, ceremony I was at, um, a friend of mine was like, oh, you know, I, I don't, I'm not feeling anything now. You know, I think it's weird off. And as soon as he said that to me, I got this message from, oh, you can touch him. You can share your experience. It's like, hmm. what? No. Like, what, the, what was this? this is weird. Anyway, I said to him, I was like, to me, I said, um, I just got this voice in my head. I said, I can share this experience with you, apparently. I said, just lie down. And uh, I said, I'm just going to touch you he lay down and just touched him he was just like oh fuck what the fuck is going on wow. I, said, I, have, I have no idea i have no idea i said but all i'm being told is that we're energetic beings and we can share energy we can share experiences together and then that opened up a whole new sort of thing You're like oh so i can share an experience with somebody okay that's interesting and then exploring that, like my now my biggest thing I do with clients is this is a lot of energy work mm. where we're combining these energy work with with lifting, shifting these old programs up where you're going in with intentions. Right. Let's work on this, because a lot of the time programs are just stuck in a loop. Mm. Rinse, repeat, rinse, repeat. And what you need to do, you just need to just just disrupt them and they mm. break off and they can they can they can come loose and, you know, leave. And can you do that with, so where does plant medicine come into it? Because obviously there's the, there's the coaching, your one-to-one sessions, and then you've got retreats. So who would fall into what almost? What would you advise for someone where to start in that sense? 
Re- realistically now, um, because because of my my personal journey has been unfolding, that then obviously directly affects how I work and perform professionally. Mm-hmm. So some of my clients, poor clients, uh, have have gone on a bit of a roller coaster ride with me as we've been mm. sort of working out what's been going on with me and working out what's what's been going on with them. So now, what normally happens is that probably eighty percent of all of my clients come through referrals now. Uh, which is awesome yeah brilliant and what I always say it it always comes with like oh you know uh, my friend worked with you and I and I I I want to experience I want to be I've got shit I need to deal with (laughs) so what we do is I combine different modalities I realized that one technique is not going to work for everybody there's not a there's not a silver bullet there's not a magic bullet it's it's about using different techniques and tools to help unpick and facilitate change with an individual they're doing the change not Mm -hmm. me Mm -hmm. merely facilitating act as a conduit between it's probably a way of describing it so what i typically do with clients is that a lot of the time a client's going to come to you first of all most people aren't ready to go diving into doing energetic work because you have to do quite a lot of groundwork ground maintenance to prepare them for this because i've realized that when you do high level energy work with individuals you activate the ego very very quickly because the ego's like whoa what the mm. hell is that and then they shut down they restrict mm. so and when you say hard. energetic work what so just to clarify what that i do energy work where it's either hands on or hands off okay so and again i'm not even going to pretend to try and really explain this or to even pretend that i really understand it cuz i think that would be naive of me to even Blame that I understand how this works. Mm-hmm. But it appears, it appears through working now with hundreds of different clients doing energy work, that through intention, we're able to help release negative energy programs, belief systems from individuals, bring it to the surface, help them realize what is stuck, what is show them the unseen, the unconscious. So then it can come up to them, they can experience it usually not particularly pleasant but in that moment of experiencing it they can make that conscious decision to let it go this is no longer valid for me this is no longer adding value this is no longer authentic for me it serves no purpose let's let that go and again i'm acutely aware this sort of does sound very alternative and slightly woo-woo and i felt that for a long time like I felt it for a long time. I was very resistant to talk about it. Uh, I was happy to do the work privately with clients and and I didn't even really talk about it online. And I still don't talk about it too much online. I, I, mm-hmm. I reference it sometimes, but it's not something that I, I, I shout from the rooftops, but it, it's, it's, you know, from a, from a business point of view, it's my most popular mm-hmm. product, so mm-hmm. to speak. <laughs> people, people love coming and having energy sessions with Boone um sometimes they're just pure energy sessions sometimes you're using microdosing of psychedelics uh dependent on the client uh just the microdose can help open up their heart so they, they're able to receive that's the problem what we realize is actually most people aren't able to receive um but you know and this is why a lot of time we have to do quite a lot of preliminary work with them so that's that classic talk therapy trying to get them to a point of understanding that they are a lot more than just this human being 
having a very human experience who have no control and they're in this victim mindset, this victim consciousness and you know, life is unfair and nothing works for them, you know, because you have to recognize that you have to take responsibility. You are, and I get this is triggering for a lot of people, you are the creator of your personal subjective reality, if you like it or not. And people will always counteract that. Oh, but, you know, I didn't create the time that I was attacked when I was a child. No, Possi possibly not. Possibly not. But you are the conscious being who can decide how you're going to respond to it now. Mm. And, that's, and that's the thing. And a lot of people, because of trauma, because trauma is so deep and so visceral and, and so challenging, it becomes part of their identity. And this, again, ties me back to this, I, I'm an ex this it's, it's it's an excuse yeah. it, you're, you're energetically still attached to this and if you're energetically attached to anything you can't move through it uh, and yeah. that's the thing it, yeah. and and that and that's all life is yeah. like life is a series of energetic experiences which we're designed to move through mm -hmm. but we don't we, we we get part way through and then we get stuck Ugh. and then we hold on to it and then we identify this and then we can use an excuse well, I, I drink because my parents divorced and it was really horrible. And I didn't feel seen. I did not feel validated. Okay. I like, like, is, is that a useful excuse at 43 years old? Huh. No, it, it's an excuse that I could use. And there's nothing wrong with, with creating that story and believing it. But just understand from a conscious level, it's going to heavily restrict how you move forward. And that's the thing. You know, you can free yourself from so many of these self-imposed limitations once you recognize how this reality works. You have to move through to get to the other side. Otherwise, you're just going to stay stuck in the energetic system, which is just going to rinse, repeat. It's just going to loop. Mm. And this is the thing, you know, before, you know, without changing the way you think, feel and respond to things, you can only continue to experience the same. Mm. I, I always use the analogy, you know, if you're if you want to watch a movie, you want to watch a new movie and you keep sticking in the same DVD, <laughs> that DVD can only play that movie. But that DVD can be rewritten with the right software. It can be rewritten. So it plays something new. And that's the same, I believe, with us as human beings. You know, mm -hmm. we are a bioorganic sort of being which is heavily suggestible. We are heavily programmed. Uh, these avatars, our physical bodies come with a lot of basic programming in to keep you basically alive and functioning. And through trauma, culture, projection, we pick up on a lot of other belief systems which aren't particularly helpful for us, but we still believe them to be true because mm -hmm. that they've always been there. Mm -hmm. and it's like going one... back to your thought, sorry to interrupt, in no, the fine. ayahuasca, it's like, do you stick with this familiar? It's what you know. And... And that is it. If we have our eyes shut, that's the one we're going for, isn't it? If we're living in, as you say, the 98% subconscious, that's the one we're going for. Yeah. Better the devil you know, hey? But is yeah. it? And, and the, and the <laughs> ego will always choose that. Mm. Your ego human mind will always choose the predictable familiar, even if it makes you feel shit. The ego doesn't <laughs> yeah. care if you're emotionally beating yourself up. It doesn't give a damn. We're in our predictable bubble. Yeah, we might be self-harming of alcohol and drugs and, 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 and in a complete shit state, but this is a bubble that I can predict. Mm. I know where this goes. You're depressed. You know, it's, it's, a, it's, a, it's a coping strategy. You've had a really, really shit day. You're on your way home 
from work, you're already telling yourself oh, it's been a really, really shit day. Okay, well, I'm going to reward myself. I'm going to get Netflix on, order some wine, get some pizza. I'm going to spend the night on the sofa. I'm going to text some friends and, and tell them what a shit day and then they'll reinforce all of that. Mm-hmm. Uh, and, and, you know, and then I'll finish off with having a nice bath and I'll, I'll go to bed and it's actually quite a pleasant evening because I'm high as a kite and, and then I could just pass out. So actually, you're creating a reward system there for mm. this 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 behavior, and this is this is the challenge. And this is so many people come to me and they're just stuck. Mm-hmm. They have everything on paper, but they're just stuck and they can't see it. I'm like, you you can't see it. You're not going to move through this because you're doing, thinking, feeling the same things day in day out. So nothing can possibly change mm. because you have to create that change here. Has to change here before you're going to see it externally. Mm-hmm. and for me it was just a huge light bulb moment of like oh my god this is this is like a computer game cheat and it's it's not even that hard <laughs> it's actually it's really simple and actually I can relate to this mm-hmm. I can relate to this that when I was younger and I was on a tube and I'd taken some MDMA I was busy happy to talk to everyone on the tube why because my perception had been altered wow. The environment was still exactly the same. It was a busy tube. Would I talk to those people, acknowledge them, or walk up and down the carriage entertaining them if I was in a different perception? <laughs> My normal perception? No. I'd sit there like everyone else, music on. Fuck it, I'm not talking to anybody. <laughs> but when I've been altered, my awareness has expanded. My heart has been open. Mm. There's no fear. There's no worry about judgment. I'm going to walk up and down and say hi to everyone and share my my unsolicited love with them and all of this and you know find entertainment and there's no worries no 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 concerns i was the same person i just shifted my perception and awareness through this time using a drug but once you realize you can do that whenever you want through meditation exercise breath work you know all of this sort of stuff then you're like ah oh my god you know i can i i am my own alchemist like, mm. I, do, I, I do breath work now and like I am I am so high I am so high and I'm so clear and I'm so focused and I'm so full of love and I think about all the people I adore in my life and how much I'm going to tell them how much they're important to me and I'm just like that's an amazing space to get to mm. and that's drug free mm-hmm. and where do you so you've just given some of those examples now like meditation breath work as an overview, obviously, we can look these things up. We can have a meditation. Is there anything specific that you follow as a breath work? Because there's obviously different ones out there. Your box breathing or four, seven, eight. Is there anything as an overview or how much do you do it to kind of get people started? Yeah, so I do this. Uh, I don't run this. I go to this as, a, as just an ordinary paying participant. Like, But I go to this all men's breath work group here in London every mm. single month, which is just so incredibly healing and powerful and it's beautiful for me because I can just switch off and turn up as just an ordinary person Mm. and I can sit there with a group of men and say hey I feel like I failed as a father this month and da 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 and I'm stressed about this and I'm worried about that and it's really really nice and what we do we do conscious connected breath work Mm. and uh, it's a it's a build-up session over three different rounds I think and at the end of it, it's there's a huge release with a scream. Where everyone mm. just screams and just lets it all out, and it is incredible. I was there on Tuesday with uh, with, with, with with some friends, and it is just beautiful. Mm. It, like the the clarity, 
that you experience and the oneness is just so incredible and you feel so connected to your physical body so grounded so alert so aware mm. stunning so that that's conscious connected breath work um i like box breathing you know mm -hmm. so that's the sort of stuff i do at home box breathing um but just conscious i think the key is like everything is it, it's not necessary to wor worry about techniques it's just about becoming conscious mm. like just taking 90 seconds just to go i'm just going to sit at my desk consciously and consciously breathe because again <laughs> breath is something which is very unconscious for most of us and you know you're doing something like 40 plus thousand breaths a day or something yeah. similar like that most most people don't even breathe properly you're, you're sh these shallow breathers and they wonder why they're anxious like dude you're not even filling your lungs with oxygen you're not even oxygenating mm -hmm. yourself most most people i'd argue have never even fully oxygenated themselves for years and just to just to oxygenate your body to its optimum thing it just makes you feel invincible mm, in so 60 so seconds in 60 seconds like there's no excuse mm. that's the thing most people most people are stuck in their heads 65,000 thoughts a day, 90 plus percent of those are going to be repeated. Most of those you're not even consciously aware of. You are programming yourself every single second of every single day by the stories and narratives you tell yourself. Oh, I've, my wife's pissed me off. I don't like my boss. This is unfair. I feel victimized for this. It's cold. It's this. If you're not consciously aware of that constant streaming narrative that you're creating, then your life is going to be potentially chaotic. The big thing, I think, is really because it's difficult to become conscious because we live in this very distracting world. Small changes. What I say to clients is just try to change one thing like by 1% a day. Little changes. It's these little incremental changes that actually make the huge shifts. If you go in and go, right, I'm going to do this. Mm. Most of the time, and again, because we're programmed for instant gratification in this society, we give up because we don't get the results we expect quickly. And this is another thing I sort of say to people when people go, hey, I'd really like to sort of be like you. And it's like, that's great. But it's taken me four and a half years to get here. Four and a half years of thousands of hours of work, like, like dedication to a whole new level. Meditation, hour and a half every single day. Exercise, you know, consciously all the time pulling myself up, critiquing every single moment of what, the, what I do, how I respond to my wife, how I talk to my kids all the time. So it's actually it's not very easy it's mm -hmm. actually quite challenging because you've got to be able to have these very difficult conversations with yourself like oh yeah i fell unconscious and i was not the best version of myself today but that's okay because i'm conscious of that mm -hmm. i'm a flawed character massively flawed character and i'm busy every single day trying to make myself just that little bit better and um, i think that exact part i think that is such an important bit because I feel like the loop can kick in so easily for people on the critique. So it's being, it's having this layer of critique isn't a bad thing. To me, I, I'm, I've always been able to take criticism pretty, no, that's a lie, scrap that. In the last few years of my life, I can take criticism really well. Yeah, absolutely. In the last few years, because I see it as a sieving out process, yes, I'll seek supporting evidence. If someone just turns around and says you shit, I'm going to be like, I, what What thing exactly? I'm all about things. I hate branding anyone. Or if I'm in an argument, say my partner and I are having an argument and she turns around and she's just, she just shit. And I'm like, but what exact thing? Because I'm okay if you tell me the exact thing and then I can look at it in a conscious way. Um, and so, yeah, so kind of, but 
instead of just going from the it, yeah, I think we just need to be so specific with that crit critique because that could be so helpful. You're like, great, elimination game, get rid of that thing and then I can improve that, swap that for something else. Here we go, it's positive. But I guess that is that could be an obstacle, couldn't it? A hurdle where people could then sneak into bring in their old ways of the critique. Oh, see, yep, I'm crap. I always do that. No, you know, conscious. That was just today. That was just this evening. That was one thing, but I have seen that. Mm. And I'm okay with that because... I am still human. Yeah. I'm not robotic. And that's that. And here we go. Yeah. What prevents majority of people from really self-critiquing is because of the way the ego makes them feel. Mm. You know, it makes you, it will make you experience vulnerability. And most of us will avoid vulnerability because when we felt vulnerable as children, it felt really, really horrible you know, we have no control. One of the areas, and I, I was someone who would avoid any sort of vulnerability, any sort of situation that where I'd feel that I was being judged or that I might do something wrong or make a mistake or fail at something. I just wouldn't even bother because it was easy just to go, Hey, like, uh, if I don't try it, I can't fail it. <laughs> but the thing is, is that, you know, you've got to just start to just challenge that story in your head oh you're stupid you can't do that okay well who who are you where's that come from oh actually I remember my mum telling me at five I was stupid it's just an example I don't I don't think she ever mm -hmm. did that <laughs> you know and but you you externalize that you bring it in you make it yours oh I'm, I'm this I'm stupid I'll give you an example a real life example when I was when I was at school young like seven years old my parents had gone through a really messy divorce. Home life was shit. Felt everything had just been just, just destroyed. So I was really struggling at school, like really struggling with school. I just wasn't listening and all of this sort of shit. Anyway, this school pulled my parents in going, look, you know, he's struggling, blah, blah, blah. We're concerned, you know, send him to our child psychiatrist, blah, blah, blah. Sent me to this child psychiatrist. I remember a horrible woman. And she made me do all these sort of tests, which of course I wasn't going to comply to, wasn't going to comply to. And because I didn't do the test, uh, I remember sitting outside the office with the door open. And she told my parents that I was never going to likely to read or write. And I was highly likely never to pass a single exam in my life. And I externalized the shit out of that at seven years old. Very dangerous age, seven. Mm. You know, you can get a lot of programming in. And then it's a, it's a belief system. And and that was a huge bit of work that I had to deal with. And that, that came, it was one of the big things which came up with me at Ayahuasca, where I found myself back in that office in my shorts, just really mm. anxious, rubbing my legs. And there's this woman just breathing over his cigarette breath, you know, trying to get me to do all these pointless, bloody tests and assess me. But I believe that. For a long time, I couldn't do this, couldn't do that. And that that had a huge impact on my life, you know, a huge phenomenal impact on my life, but it wasn't true. And that's the thing. And 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 the reason why I talk about this is that how many other people out there believe something which massively stops them from achieving all that they want to do, and it's not even real. It's not even true. That's the crazy thing. It's not even real. It's a lie. It's an illusion. Someone else has projected their thoughts, their feelings onto you and you've externalized them and turned it into a truth. Mm. 
And the majority of the people I deal with, when we pick through all their programs, we go, oh, this isn't even yours, is it? Should we just let it go? No, let's let it go because it's not yours. It's not yours. And then when you start to understand family pathology even more, and you can start going back through how things can be inherited and you, you literally come into this world with these issues, and you're like, okay, this is fascinating. But you can, you know, the, the, the big message I want to sort of say to people is that with the work that I do, the chances are for the first few weeks, you're going to find yourself massively triggered and your ego is just going, this is nonsense, it's not going to work. Mm. Then within six months, most clients are getting messages from the other side and reconnected to source and, you know, very, very different and recognize and they can see all of their, their, their obstacles. They can see all of their points that they need to address. And then now it's just systematically, let's just work through this mm. to become, to become a much better, fuller version of yourself because you deserve it. Like mm -hmm. you deserve it. So many of us are kept prisoner by the thoughts and feelings in our minds, the majority of them aren't even real. They're just illusions. Mm. Paralyzed by fear. Fear, again, is another illusion. Like you sort of said, you know, danger is real. You find yourself, <laughs> you know, with a lion next to you, you're like you're in danger. That's very real. But fear, the majority of fear is a construct in the mind. Mm. And But then I kind of think to myself, how many times have I stopped myself from trying something because I was fearful? Oh my God, thousands of times, thousands of times. How many opportunities have I missed out on because I was fearful of an illusion? Thousands of times. Am I prepared to continue living my life living like that? Absolutely not. Mm. Especially now I'm a father. Mm. And, you know, I'm just, you know, my wife always says it to me now. She's like, she said it to me the other day. She, she worries about stuff like everyone does. She's like, you just don't, you just, it doesn't concern you, does it? I was like, no. I said, because wow. I know, I know everything is going to be absolutely fine because mm -hmm. it always is. It always is. Because if I actually critically analyze my life, has anything that I really, really was super concerned about or terrified about actually really happened? <laughs> no, no, no. They were just stories I was creating in my head. Mm -hmm. But they felt fucking real. Yeah, well, they will feel very real because you create a story in your head. And by creating that story, you're going to activate the emotional response system, which makes mm -hmm. it real. Because now you're like, but I feel it in my body. That doesn't mean it's real. Doesn't mean word, it's real. The word you said about deserving, that is such, if there's bloody a buzzword, like any, the amount who they can't almost, they can't experience joy or these sensations because of this deserving thing. Deserving is such, and I'm sure as you said, because you said about it, that is one of the most common things that comes up for me. And they've ticked every box. They've done everything that society, parents, yeah. everyone wants. But yeah. there's still this deserving thing. And, yeah. yeah, that's a massively powerful one. Until you feel, and this is one of my blanket statements, until you feel that you truly deserve it, you ain't going to attain it. Mm. Yeah. And if you do attain it and you still really don't feel you deserve it, you won't have it for long. Because if you don't truly deserve, feel you deserve it, you'll sabotage yourself. Mm. Sabotage. People do it all the time, yeah. and you see it. Oh fuck! Life's going too well. Mm. Like, oh, hold yeah. on. Life is going to. I have seen this. I had a client. I had a client who you know who's been paid ridiculous sums of money. Like he was one percenter. One percent smashed everything he put his mind to. It was just perfect human specimen of human being. I mean, looked everything about him was just like he looked like a god. Huh. 
everything he touched turned to gold. But various things that he, he, you know, the biggest things in his life, like a real relationship with someone he really loved. No, because he didn't feel he deserved it. So then he was just stuck in this cycle of casual, casual relationships. Women would fall in love with him. He'd fall in love with them, but he pushed them away. No, no, I don't deserve it. it they'll, they'll leave me. Something will go wrong. And it was all tied to the parents. Mum left his parent, his father when he was young. Oh, no, no, no. But, but if I get, if I, if I invest, it, it will go. No, what's happening is that you, you're, you're creating these pain points for you because you're so terrified it's going to happen. And it's the same with my mum. You know, my mum's father just disappeared, walked out. And, you know, she didn't, she took her over 30 odd years to find him. So from a child's point of view, she, her biggest fear, men, is all, men are always going to leave me. Guess what? She's alone. Mm. Because it's the belief system. All men are going to leave me. So even if I've got a perfect relationship with someone I love, I'll just be a fucking pain in the ass until they mm -hmm. do leave me because the ego wants to go, see, see, I was always right. And I'm always looking out for you. Remember that I'm always looking out for you. Even if it's painful, I was right. And that's the trap. Mm. Ego will create this narrative. Trust me, trust me. I'll keep you safe because you believe it. You'll create that reality. So it can go, Hey, look, see, I've got your back. I'm right. See, and that's all it wants. It just wants to validate itself. Mm. It's not interested in your experience. It doesn't matter if you're crying yourself to bed every single night. It doesn't care. All it cares about is this experience for itself and to keep you safe in its predictable familiar. And this is another big thing of freeing, being able to really free yourself is that, you know, in the spiritual community, there's lots of this sort of nonsense about, oh, you got to kill the ego. Best of luck with that. You kill the ego, you kill your human experience. Because without mm -hmm. the ego... You would just sit and be because that's all you are. You're, you're, you're an infinite being and you just sit and be. You wouldn't have a human experience. You'd just be here, mm. not engaging. You have to have an ego to create friction, to create things that you're going to push against or be pulled towards. That's part of this human experience. And again, I think that's something, another big, big thing that I learned is recognizing that this human experience is truly beautiful truly beautiful regardless of how your ego will try to code it good bad right or wrong that's usually how it goes this is a good experience this is a bad experience this is a wrong experience da, 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 da. always wants to label forget labels i try and re remove myself from labels this is another thing i've been practicing i don't identify i'm not i don't identify as i don't identify as this i'm i'm just me i'm just being and seeing how that experience rolls out for me um, because we get become so consumed in well this is who i am and this is what i believe and all of this sort of stuff and it's it's actually creating more and more division in human society as opposed to unity which is what mankind needs and we can see this greatly now in how society is unfolding you know humanity is in a huge state of flux we have this wonderful opportunity right now where we could transmute all of our fears and insecurities and grow into the next stage of human evolution. Or we could continue to hold on to our fear belief structures and continue to dive down this, this path of darkness. And that's 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 up to the collective to choose mm -hmm. which, which which way they want to go. Um, I really hope that humanity learns that there really is nothing to fear. You are an infinite being who has been in this experience plenty of times before, you just have no memory of it. 
just like your awareness of this reality you're not aware of 98 percent of what's going on you know you can only see about two percent of the light spectrum available to you which means you can't even see 98 percent of everything which is around you and we know this by the limiting science that we use as human beings then when you start to stretch this out into quantum physics and quantum entanglement and all of this sort of stuff then you can start to understand that we are quantum beings we're energetic beings and this is something that i've had to really kind of embody myself where i started to get clients abroad going hey i want you to do energy work i'm like oh and it's it's it's, it's hands-on only because that's the story that was a limiting story i was telling myself it's hands-on because I, I couldn't possibly do it without touching someone right and i had to work through this this huge resistance in myself oh like can you could this be possible can like well, we know this from quantum physics that doesn't matter, two atoms a billion miles apart still react. There's no separation. We know this. And I remember the first time I did an energy, an energy session with someone in California, and I was so nervous. I felt like a fraud. I was just like, how am I charging someone like 250 quid for this? And this person had the most mind-blowing experience, and we do energy sessions every single month now. Mm. But again, it was a big lesson for me to show if I tell myself a story, I can't do this. It has to be hands-on. And all I'm doing is creating a restriction and limitation into my personal subjective reality. As soon as I was able to move through, which you have to move through that moment of awkwardness, then it was like, and actually do, be, then it all unfolds. And that's, I'd argue, is what would happen for most of us. Mm -hmm. Most people never actually take the step. We, 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 have a loose understanding of manifestation well if i think something then hopefully it will come into fruition that's nonsense it's, mm. it's a flawed flawed premise you need to be thinking it but thinking it coming from a point of view that you already are it because reality will respond to your being who you are what you are not what you're thinking a thought is a momentary energetic expression you need to become that awareness, that thought for it to start to unfold. And this was the big thing for me, for me to start attracting the different clients that I that I wanted to obtain and to get. I had to start becoming that person who would attract them. There's no point just thinking about being this highly competent individual who can walk into a room and command respect and get people's attention in a quirky, weird way and talk about things in a, in a, in a, in a way that I do. No, you had to become it. You had to believe that you're already it. And then once that was that, it starts to unfold. Another quick example, I was terrified for a long period of time of how much to charge. Again, mm. how do I value myself? Someone with no confidence, then the idea of charging someone a lot of money was just terrifying per hour. And I remember um, the moment I went from like 50 pounds an hour to doing stuff and still feeling like a fraud of charging too much to charging what I charge now, which is multiple, multiple times more. And I remember one of my a, a clients reached out to me saying, I'm going to recommend you to someone and uh, they're going to reach out to you. And he knew my issue with charging because I'd had the same thing with him. And he's just like, look, you know, that's, that's too little. So I'm going to pay you this. He said, you need to tell when this this guy will ask you how much you charge and you need to say something big because otherwise he's not going to take you seriously. And it's just like, <gasps> this is the universe testing me. Yes. This is this is testing me. I had this conversation with this guy we met up, spent an hour together. And at the end of it, hey, how much do I owe you? Super confident billionaire, you know, with a type. And in that moment of just like, oh, fuck, I can't say 300 pounds. 
I was just like, I'll tell you what. You pay me what you think the value you've achieved, you've got from this this conversation. I said, it doesn't matter. I said, but you pay me what you think is fair and reasonable for our exchange today. Big smile came across his face and he goes, I like that. I'll get back to you. Give me a couple of hours and I'll get back to you. I was like, perfect. I walked away thinking, well, I've dodged the bullet. I think I've been clever because I kind of I kind of played it smart. And uh, a couple of hours later, he 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 reached out and he's like, oh, I've just sent some money over to you. Let me know if it's OK. Oh. Took me 10 minutes to open my banking app because I was just like, oh, this is, <laughs> this is, this is going to be a big point. This is going to be telling me like, you know, validation. I need that external oh. validation. He paid me £2,000 for one hour. This same client now, because of inflation, now pays me £5,000 an hour a session and does so very regularly mm-hmm. and is delighted with, with paying that and thinks it's fair and reasonable for, for what we get. And for me, it was a big, massive lesson because more clients like that have materialized, not necessarily quite to the same level, but mm-hmm. to, to, you know, makes a big difference and that's come about because you believe mm. i deserve and this brings it back i deserve i believe that i deserve because i believe that i add a huge amount of value to people's lives i know and this is the ego this is the arrogance i know how good i am at what i do and i see it with the clients and i see how we heal them mm. i well that's wrong i see how they heal themselves because it is, it's, it's actually all down to the individual, merely a facilitator. Mm. And that brings me a huge amount of joy because I want more people to f- realize that there is a lot more freedom, mental freedom to this experience than what they've been taught or what they feel is, is actually available to them. Because I think a lot of people really struggle. And I, I, I think a lot of time that struggle is optional. We, we, we don't need to. We can free ourselves because the majority of us just beat the shit out of ourselves in our minds every day, constantly. And we're doing it subconsciously, so we're not even aware of it. And then what we do, we project out into the into the physical reality by drinking or being angry with our loved ones or mm-hmm. moody or aggressive or road rage or whatever like that. And I think that's really sad because, you know, I was... I was a prisoner. I was a prisoner of my own mind for a really, really long time. And I simply can't put it into words just how my life is full of joy and wonder and excitement and unconditional love now. Yeah, I get frustrated and annoyed and pissed off. Of course I do. I'm human. I have kids. <laughs> um, but, you know, the majority of my my personal reality is very, very enjoyable. I find a lot of joy and seek a lot of solace in 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 just being alive. Mm. and you know regardless of how the ego is going is this good is this bad or is this wrong um i just accept it for what it is and recognize that if i really do want to change things i can change them Mm -hmm. um that that is very much in my power and in the last few years since the kids have been born i've just proven that time and time again for myself Mm -hmm. and that's been what it's been a lot about it's been proving to myself that I am worthy, I deserving, I have these skills, I can share these skills, and I should share these skills. Um, so I'm very excited for the next sort of few years, because I'm kind of just warming up. Oh, I love that, just warming up. And what does the next stage look like then? So right now, 
obviously so you do your coaching you do the retreats and are you an active person at the retreats or yeah. do you just okay you are and that's a group of people is it just yourself taking people through what does that look like no so it there's a team of four of us uh, international team and we all came together about five six years ago so we're all individuals who came from yeah different walks of life all had our own personal struggles we all met on a retreat mm. uh, we all connected and in many different ways and since then we've uh, we've put on dozens of retreats uh, across Europe and helped many many people sort of move through this human experience uh so moving forward we're we're also expanding that because that's a great project that i find you know hugely satisfying uh i know how it works you know it had a profound effect on me mm. and i know it can have a profound effect on others so we're constantly uh, iterating and improving those sorts of experiences and building them out and you know using new technologies and trialing new stuff um coaching coaching wise well i mean i've got a six month wait list at the moment and uh, i need to i need to work of ways on how to how to do more group work which is something that i'm looking to do um so i'm looking to build out um courses so i can i can extend but actually what i want to do is start doing more group sessions where i can do uh just fill a zoom room you could fill a zoom room with 50 odd people who want to just chew through a sort of a, a, a topic mm -hmm. uh, and then you can combine that topic with med guided meditation energy work to sort of really instill the, that sort of new way of thinking and being into people mm -hmm. um, but it's m more really just expanding expanding for myself what I tend to find is that I expand and then I take those learnings and try to put it out into a, into a way that you know can be absorbed by other people mm -hmm. um, but yeah, just general, just general, more content, more conversations. I'm restarting my own podcast after the sort of the COVID hiatus. What I want to do, um, which I think is really important, especially for men, is to really start expressing more vulnerability. Because what I find that when I talk about my own issues, complexes, problems that I'm trying to deal with, it allows other men to be vulnerable enough to go, hey, actually, I, I kind of feel the same and I'm struggling mm. as well. Um, so I want to create a couple of sort of men's programs to really sort of focus on on supporting modern men because I think a lot of us are very lost. Again, I recognize some people probably find that very triggering. Um, but, you know, a lot of men are very discombobulated, very lost mm -hmm. and uh, need to be rebalanced. And mm -hmm. I think if they're honest with themselves, they'll recognize that as well, mm -hmm. you know, because... You know, a lot of a lot of men that I deal with. Um, interesting, I have more female clients than the male. I was going to ask about male, female, because my idea of retreats, from my experience with people I've known, have been more females will go from the coaching. So my coaching, I'd say, is ninety five percent men. So, and I love that. I work. I get. Uh, yeah, it's just you know who you kind of sync with. I work really well with men, but I was intrigued at say the coaching and the retreats. Yeah, men, women, but. Yeah, it's, 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 a, it's a sort of, it, it can be a healthy mix. Mm. You tend to find men are more, are more drawn, I think, a lot of time in a larger capacity to the sort of the deep psychedelic work. Mm -hmm. um, just because it's so physical. Mm. Um, but then in saying that, 
you know you you see these lots of women you know come with their warrior spirit and they're sure. they're, they're, they're 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 incredible um i think you know it's beautiful having the combination of male yeah. and female in that healing ex- in environment that's in and especially in ayahuasca and the sort of psychedelic work with the breath work i do we, we do is this, this all men's group um and i think that that's beautiful just because it allows the men in that moment to be super vulnerable and to scream and shout Mm. to let it out and I think and I think sometimes you know if if women were there then maybe that might be intimidating or or Mm -hmm. feel unnecessary um you know if you've got 50 men literally just screaming Mm. screaming for three minutes at the peak shouting fuck you whatever it is whatever it is they need to get out me shouting fuck you (laughs) just a huge huge release Mm. um you know beautiful 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 experience mm. for people because uh, i wonder if there would be that restriction because it's not being allowed to just be fully the authentic self whilst there is a consciousness because men will hold back an element when they are around and i guess that is where the group work being as you say when you're going through a healing process and there's several elements aren't there on these kind of retreats but when it's selective like that think possibly keeping it all to a men's group is super beneficial for that we don't need you know you can mix and separate and that can work brilliantly for different yeah, yeah 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 I, you know you know it's, it's 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 different things for different people again recognizing you know because I, you know someone the other day sort of challenged me going oh you know i think all men's groups that sort of creates division mm-hmm. i was like I, I totally understand where you're coming from and I, and I and i do see why you'd think that but sometimes it's important just to recognize that you know people just you know men and women are different we are different creatures and you know and we can't we can't deny that we're wired Mm -hmm. differently you know and Mm -hmm. i i see this with my kids my Mm -hmm. my 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 two kids so that they're twins they've had exactly the same experience and 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 nurturing from both of us right they are completely different human beings like my daughter and son they are completely different you can Mm -hmm. see it energetically they are massively different creatures my son is very alpha boisterous duh, 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 duh. Mm-hmm. And, and 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 my daughter is much more gentle and much more sensitive wow, that's fascinating gosh you really do i'd be there with a little with a little book writing things to, you know kind of just Honestly, watching it, that yeah it's been you a got gift your own because, little study like it's incredible yeah. my wife and i have always talked about the whole nature nurture and i can say again from our personal subjective experience it's nature mm. total nature total nature because they've had exactly the same everything they're twins wow. they're twins mm. Gosh, they're no, a couple of meters apart their <laughs> entire lives yeah. with the, the same parent or care worker or someone work, work you know spending time with them and they are so different <sighs> so different like mm. on, on, on on vast levels it's, it's yeah. phenomenal mm-hmm. but it's beautiful because it shows it shows the deep level of programming mm-hmm yeah the extent wow i feel yeah i feel i've had an hour i thought we could sit down for a month without sleeping and i would still have questions at the end of it to ask you seriously i feel like this is going to have to be a series of stuff because we can we we can we can we can we can do a series because uh there there's 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 so much like we haven't even discussed like the the deeper aspects of human potential and Mm. uh, you know unlocking Mm. you know a lot of the hidden gifts within within us and how we can massively improve our lives by controlling how we feel and think mm-hmm. i'm just becoming conscious of how how we think most people if you say what do you think about every day uh no idea 
Well, you're having about 60,000 thoughts every single day, so... Just one more day. <laughs> yeah. yeah. Uh, oh. Yeah. Mm. oh, I worry about money. I worry about this. I worry about being fired. Da, da, da. Like I say, it's all negative shit. Mm. Most people will default to negative ways of feeling and thinking. Most people will stick on sad music to make themselves sad and depressed. Like, I just, I don't understand it. My wife yeah. does it. I'm just like, <laughs> what are you doing? To, yeah, have yeah, another chat I'm, another time. That would be amazing. In the I'm, future. I'm, 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 very, I'm very happy. Very I know happy you're a busy boy, but that would be amazing. Right. No, okay. I'll, I'll always make time. I'll always make time. Thank you. I appreciate Where can people best find you? So what's your Instagram? So yeah, in, Instagram, just awesome mm-hmm. boon. And, and then obviously, if you want to sort of check out the website for any reason, then it's just awesomeboon.com. Perfect. Well, thank you so much. No, no. Well, listen, thank you. It's awesome. been it's thoroughly enjoyable. And as I said, uh, very happy to continue the conversation. So there it is, another week done of another way of living. I hope you enjoyed it. If you did, could you please leave a review at the end? I'd be super grateful. Whatever you have planned for the week, I hope you have some snippets of wonderful. And until the next time.